You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today, we're going to talk about when God crashes in. Uh, That's where he is right now. That's where he's always been. He's always been a a, a game, a game crasher, a gate crasher, or whatever crasher you want to call him. But his job is to crash into our lives and transform them. That's his job. And uh, we think of it as a, a soft, gentle touch, but sometimes it is a rousing, shaking us loose until we let go of what we need to let go of so he can take us to where we need to go. Uh, so we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, this is just going to be kind of a meandering. So get your meandering boots on. We're just going to meander and talk a little bit. Um, but I want to, uh, last November, God told me to start an apostolic training journal. So since last November, November 21st, I have been keeping a journal of what he shows me every day. And every day it's different. Every day, I, you know, it's funny. You would think that God would be systematic in when he's teaching you, but he's not. He is heavenmatic and he does it the way he knows you need to learn instead of getting into a groove of what you're going to expect from him for that day. So every day I, I pray, I read a little scripture. I actually read until I hear him speak. And I don't mean an audible voice, but what happens is all of a sudden that that one word, that one verse, that one section will rise up and I'll know that there's an anointing on this and he's going to talk about it. So I do that. And as we have gone through this process, I have learned a lot and a lot of it. This is what I bring on Sunday mornings. This is what you get is what I get. But in the very beginning, this is what he told me. And I'm sharing this with you so that everyone can understand where we're going and what God is doing. And there is a move of God that's happening right now that even when we talk about Friday night, I am going to talk about that in a few minutes, uh, the outpouring. But there's a move of God that is what Karen said, we are gobsmacked. We have no idea what just happened to us. We just know something happened. In fact, uh, Saturday morning, I told Chuck, I said, I think I've got a Holy Spirit hangover this morning because I can barely think my everything's fuzzy. I'm just like, all I can, it's just like I'm in this cloud of 
days or glory or something. I don't even know what it is, but I was just like, I, I can't hardly move because there's just such a lingering of the outpouring that I encountered. Um, so these are two things that the Lord showed me during these months to come. And this is from November that there is an internal mandate to the gathering and the people that follow us and our web church members. There are is an internal mandate for us. And the mandate is to build. It's to build us, to strengthen us, to transform us, to empower us, to activate us, to launch us. All of those building words um, that's our internal mandate. And the scripture he gave me was out of Acts 2, 42 through 47. And I did not give this to you, Noah, because I just decided it today, right this second, that that's what we're going to read. So Noah gets the scriptures ahead of time, unless he doesn't. Uh, you know, he's used to it after 20 something years. So it says, uh, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone need. So continually daily with one accord in the temple. Now we know that we cannot gather with one accord in the temple every day. You know, some of us live an hour away. Some of, you know, there's, there's distance between us, but we do gather in the spirit as a body. Uh, so it, it's, it's different. Um, but they, I want to read verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, those who were being saved. Our internal mandate is to build us. God showed up Friday night for us. That's why he showed up. He showed up because the people who came, the people who watched, the people who will watch, if you weren't here, you can go back and watch it and just say, Lord, make it as if I was there. Amen. There's no time and distance in video. There's no time and distance in what God wants to show you. He can be just as alive a month from now watching it as he was Friday night when it happened. So God shows up and manifests for us so that we can be built up, we can be equipped, we can be transformed, we can be awed, we can be captured by his wonder. We can step out and do things that we normally wouldn't do or wouldn't even think of doing. Uh, during the service on Friday night, uh, um, uh, we decided to have a circle of people praying over someone sitting in a chair. And it just came up and, and the word was given to do that. And we did that. And people were healed sitting in the chair. I mean, you know, they were, tr they were touched by the Lord. And is it something we do? Is it something we've ever done? No. But, you know, when the anointing is there and the Lord speaks, then we step into the obedience of what God has called us to do. So, so part of what we're working on is the internal mandate for us to be built up and strengthened in the calling that we have. The external mandate that God has given us as the gathering, the gathering family is to take the territory that we have influence in. It's to take the territory. And what does, look, what does it look like to take the territory? Each of us have a, a sphere of influence. 
Each of us have people that we encounter. Each of us have people that we even engage in in the grocery store. And taking the territory like Deborah shared, they, they didn't get up and they didn't do anything with that guy. They just released the presence of the Lord in the atmosphere. And the presence of the Lord met him where he was. And God did what he was going to do. And so part of it is just being sensitive enough to know that God is doing something or the demonic is doing something. So God, what do you want me to do? What is my reply? Okay. Amen. So uh, Luke nineteen seventeen says, uh, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. I have, uh, I have given you authority over 10 cities. And what we need to understand is the more we are faithful in the territory that God gives us, the more authority that he's going to give us to overtake, to overrun, to capture the territory that he's assigned to us. So it's that faithfulness to what he's calling us to do. So those are kind of our two thought process in, in this point is we're internally building so we can externally overrun and overtake and capture what God is doing. So let me talk about Friday night a little bit. Friday night, we had our outpouring night and we came, Jean, worn out, Worst days ever had. I was so tired. I was like, you know, if I hadn't been in charge, I might have stayed home. But you know what happens when you don't have a choice? You go. And you go grateful and glad and all those things, you know. But I, I had nothing. Jean had nothing. Nobody had nothing. And that's the way we come every, every outpouring. Nobody has nothing uh, for the most part. And, you know, I'm worshiping and praying and, and, and I could just feel the presence of God begin to saturate the place. And I could feel his nudge of go pray for and behind you. That was it. That's all I had. Had a little, little, I could feel his presence on my hand. A lot of times that's where I feel uh, he's about to move. I prayed for her. And uh, a few minutes later, I come back to my chair and she taps me on the shoulder and she says, all my pain is gone. I was in so much pain, but all my pain has left. And, uh, and to me, I said, okay, God, that's the sign that you're about to move. And so we just step in and we just say, looks like the Lord's going to move. Uh, that's an understatement because we know we, but when that's, that's the only word you have, then that's the only word you use. You know, when God uh, moves through us, sometimes all we have is a moment, a second, a, 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 just a flicker of, of anointing, of hope, a sign. And we just step in and we just release whatever we've seen. And then we watch him take that one thing and begin to unfold it and, and pour out and shift. And we had no idea what was going to happen. But what happened for me was a sign of what is coming, the greater momentum that God has, because this is the, um, the time of signs and wonders and miracles. This is a shifting. I preached on it last week of family revivals, families coming back together. So 
this is one of those things where we can point to it and say, you know, for all the years we've been doing the outpouring, yes, every Friday that we gather, he does something. And it's not the same every week. We have no idea or every month what he's going to do. Half the time when we get up here, we just know he's going to say something. If we open our mouth, we're not even sure what's going to be said. Uh, As I'm preparing to say something, Matt's sitting over there holding the mic going, pick me. I said, come on up. And, you know, he had the, 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 the matching pair to what God is saying to me to, to release. And, and the reason I'm telling you all this is because, first of all, it's going to stir hunger in you for the manifestation that's going to continue to flow out of this house into us and through the streets. That's number one. Yeah. That's number one. And if it doesn't stir a hunger for you, let Matt pray for you. Because by the time he gets done, you will be hungry. (laughs) I'm telling you, (laughs) you will be hungry. I'm serious because what we have to understand is there is, there is the fire of the Lord in this season. And, and there is so much opportunity to do what he wants us to do. Not what we think we should do. You know, um, let's see if we're really going to go there. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. We've all had the sheets of, okay, we're going to go up and stop people on the street and read them our little sheet of, you know, the five steps to Jesus. And is it your time? And is that kind of stuff? God has something so much greater than that. You know, it's just like in the restaurant, you know, they could have gone up and wrestled him down and down. that. God had something different. And what we've got to learn to do is lean into the different. Because every time we gather, it's different. But God has done something. Whether we felt it or not, God has worked. And it's, it's being able to say, God, I may not have known what you have done today. I may not even be able to write it in a journal or even tell my friends. All I know is that you showed up today and I am changed. Something has happened. Something has happened to me. And so what, what is happening to me is the fire, the hunger is stirring so deep in me that I cannot let go of you until I get something else. So I'm going to read my word. I'm going to press into what you say. You know, there, there are times where uh, the Lord has um, shown up every day, every day. When I have time with him, I have time with him every morning. Uh, I, he shows up every day. There's some kind of vision. There's some kind of manifestation. There's some kind of that. And then there's weeks and months that he doesn't. But he speaks through his word. He stirs up my mind and my thoughts to write what I sense is coming out of that. So every day he shows up in the way that is best for me, not in the way I necessarily want him to. I would rather him show up and dance in my prayer room every single day. And he's like, that's awesome. But that is not where we're going today. Cause I would be so, I mean, I would love it. Come on, God, come on. How about a few angels? How about a few that, you know, I've got a list of things that I would like for him to do for me, but I am not disappointed because he doesn't, because I know what he's doing for me in the morning during that time, not only sustains me, but it changes me 
And it is his very best for me. And even when, uh, you know, I finally got on this routine, it's, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So, but when I had little kids and I was traveling all the time, I had five minutes for the Lord every morning. That's all I had. But you know what? My five minutes seemed not enough for me. But that five minutes faithful every day was plenty for him. He can do plenty in the five minutes. And then the five minutes grew to 10. And then, the, then it grew longer. And then it grew where I would rather get up a half hour early, an hour early. So I would have that time before I went out of town or wherever I was going. And then he tricked me into quitting my job. Yes. So um, because I would have probably never quit it has he not tricked me into it. He said, why don't you start a consulting business? I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. You can work from home. We'll have your own. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be good. So I quit my job and I found myself in the midst of my few clients working out of my house. I found myself spending three, four, five, six hours a day with him. I was so desperate and hungry for him. And I had the luxury at that time to do that. And I would uh, squeeze in my clients here and there. I'd get it all done. But God worked that out too. And I, so a year I spent like that. And a year I spent seeking after God. And there were times where he would just manifest. But there were months where I spent crying out for more. Because I could not live without more of him. And I would sit and I would go to the park and there was a beautiful park near our other house. And I would just weep. God, you've got to give me more. I would read Psalm 63 over and over. And I'm sure he was like, really? And it's, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My body longs for you. My soul searches for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And I would cry. And I, and I, I don't know. I think he was just healing me. You know, he was just taking out whatever and, and restoring me. But, but in those moments, he would crash in. In those moments, I, I, I had this, uh, um, what do you call this thing? A trance. And I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, something's going on. And I, I'm closing my eyes and it's still going on. I'm opening my eyes. It's still going on. And it took me forever and a little bit of help from someone to tell me, you know, God had you in a trance there. And I was like, really? Okay, well, what else do you have? If you have that, then what else? And I would read things in the Bible and I'd be like, why can't I do that? And I'm going to read Isaiah 6 because we're going to talk about this just for a few minutes. Because um, God wants us to want him. And he wants us to have a relationship that is so saturated and so deep and so full of wonder of him that we go to sleep, not hardly able to breathe because of him and his presence. We wake up, not can hardly wait to get to a place where let me have my Bible. Let me hear what your word is today. Let me hear what you have to say. This is the season that we're in is he is developing us and preparing us and crashing in on our every day so that we can move in the way that he's called us to move. And as part of it is, is we've got to take uh, some of the rote traditional things that we do and ask God, 
what do you have for me this morning? What is on your heart this morning? Because I'm going to yield to your agenda because your agenda is going to supersede anything that I need. It will fill every desire that I have because your agenda will continue to draw me into you. It will answer the questions I have. And even if it doesn't, I will find myself satisfied because I know you're good. And I know what you're doing for me is good. And I know that whatever I need to do is good because you will instruct me in the ways to go. So Isaiah 6. And we're going to start in first, uh, first verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. So. Isaiah is just minding in his own business and God crashes in. He crashes in to change Isaiah. To pour into him something that he can't even fathom. Cry out for God. Tell him, I want an Isaiah encounter. I want to be, have, and you may have had one, you may have had 10, you may have one every day, but tell him you want a greater vision of what Isaiah saw. Tell him that you want to encounter this. Because if, if Isaiah can encounter that, that means the door has been opened, the breakthrough has happened for us to have those levels of encounter too. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, and each one had six wings. With, <laughs> with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Now, I'm not a, 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 a drawer. That would not say that would be my skill. But I'll tell you, there, I got to a place where I had to get me a sketch pad and some pencils and some colored crayon, all that kind of stuff. And I would sit there and draw what it would look like to be in that place. And I would draw, you know, I've, I've had a couple of encounters, heavenly encounters, and I've, you know, would write and draw and describe what that looks like. Because God, if, if this is just a glimpse of your glory, I want to see a greater picture. I want to see the more of you. And one cried to the other and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And he goes on and he says, woe is me. Verse five, it says, woe is me for I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And I love this part. And I remember Many, many years ago, when I first read this part in verse eight, it says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then he said, here I am, send me. And out of this encounter, out of this experience, Isaiah gets a, an anointing, a mandate, an assignment to go. Go and tell the people. Call the people back to me. Go. Out of this experience. And I remember I, I used to tell the Lord, send me, send me, send me. And I had no idea what that meant. And years and years ago, it meant if you were being sent, that means you're going to the mission field. But what we understand is everything around us is the mission field. I don't need to go to Africa to be sent. Amen. I'm sent right here. 
And uh, Isaiah goes on to talk about in verse in chapter eight, and I'm not going to read it all. But, you know, Isaiah's wife was a prophetess. And when they, they had two boys and the two boys had their names and I'm not going to say their names, but I'm going to tell you what they meant. One was quick to plunder. And the other one's name meant a remnant will return. And last week I talked about the family revival and how God's pulling the family in and to pray for your family, get a prophetic word and start calling them in because Isaiah said in, uh, I do have that verse on here. I just want to read that real quick. In 18, in verse 18, it says, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me for we are signs and wonders. Think about this. You are a sign and wonder to the unbelieving world. You are a sign and wonder that God is going to use to upset the apple cart of the enemy. You are a sign and wonder for that. Do you think of yourself that way? That I am God's sign to the world. That Jesus is the resurrected king. That all things are possible. That Jesus' blood paid for everything. That I can operate in healing and deliverance and compassion. I can operate in the fruits of the spirit, the joy, the uh, uh, um, uh, long suffering. I can act in the gifts of the spirit. I can move in every way that God has formed me to be a sign and wonder to the nation around me. That's who we are. We are signs and wonder to the unbelieving world. We're signs and wonders to the body of Christ. That's like Jean said, I needed prayer. We are signs and wonders that God has released in this season. We're born for this time. We're born to make a difference in this world. And we are born to bring the, the manifested presence, which we've experienced out with us. And I think that's why there's an increase of different types of manifestation so that we can see all the different possibilities. We can say, oh, well, last Friday night, you know, this happened. And, and three months ago, uh, there was just like somebody rolling on the floor, laughing all over the place. We won't say anybody's name. And, uh, you know, I mean, just think about it. I mean, really, God is showing us that uh, when we're willing to be like David, when we're willing to take off everything and dance before the Lord, roll before the Lord, fall forward before the Lord. You know, it's hard when you're, you're going to catch somebody falling backwards and they go the other way, Right. You know, when he gives us that opportunity to see and to smell and to taste and to share so that we all can grab on to what God is doing. It enables us to go out because we've been changed by the experience and experience is important. So that we can help others experience the presence and the power. We can help them encounter a crash of God in their lives. And God loves to crash in 
to our mundane in order to hijack us into a place that we need to be. You know, I had a, a, a discovery call, you know, do executive coaching, and I had a discovery call with someone, and uh, just a great, powerful person, anointed, has done so many things, and um, but as Jean gave that word, and I preached on it probably a couple of months ago about new assignments, what everything that he's been doing has been stopped. It just closed down because of COVID and all this other kind of stuff. And God is moving him into a new assignment, but he doesn't know what that new assignment is. And there is a, um, a feeling of loss when you've given up something that you've loved and you've babied and you've done for years and it's gone. And then there's that kind of waiting, that incubation time, even pregnancy of, of birthing something new. And what we try to do is we try to fill the void with the things that are not of God. And part of the process we were going through is what do you, what do you want to do? You know, what is burning on your heart? And one of the things that they were talking about was, I think I'll go back to school and get my master's. I said, why? I don't know. I just thought maybe if I further my education, then I'll know what I want to do. You know, sometimes we try to fill the void with things that we think are a good thing. But really, all they are are things that will bog down the process of God trying to get you where he wants to take you. And sometimes it is when things break loose and things are uncomfortable and things are out of sorts and things don't look like the way they're supposed to look or there is a, a break in your normal flow of things going well. Sometimes God's going to use that to help you break loose of something you never let go of. Like I quit my job because there was a carrot on the other side. God was dangling his carrot. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. He's dangling his carrot. So I quit my job that I loved. And I did this job that I loved, which ended up allowing me to spend all this time with God, which I loved, which totally wrecked me and changed my life uh, in a whole good way. And because he tricked me, because he tricked me. And at some point in that thing, um, he said, I don't want you to do consulting anymore. And I'm like, huh, he got dead silence for me hmm. because I loved it. I love telling people what to do, helping, helping them, helping them. No, I really do. It's my passion. It is an anointing. It's a call on my life. It is for sure. So uh, I had to focus all that energy, <laughs> but you know, I told the Lord, I said, well, you, you confirm it with Chuck. Chuck will say something. And, uh, a couple months, couple months later, he said, yeah, I don't really think you're supposed to be doing this anymore. I'm like, <laughs> you know, sometimes we're not happy about the change God's trying to make in us. And I wasn't unhappy. I was just not happy. I mean, you know, it was like one of those things where like, hmm, I went from working 70 hours a week to sitting in a park all day long. And now, now what am I going to do? But there was other things to come. But anyhow, it was really funny. So, uh, 
I, I finally decided, okay, I'm not going to do this. So I get this call from an oil company. And I've I'm sure I've told this story before. And they're like, we'd like for you to uh, do consulting. I'm like, I don't know anything about oil. They're like, we don't care. <laughs> Most, you know, consulting sometimes isn't knowing about the actual business. It's about knowing about how to run a business. But anyhow, so I said, I can't do it. And I gave them a referral. Well, it was kind of like a test of God. Then they called me back the next week and they're like, uh, we don't want to use them. We want to use you. And, you. and I said, well, what would it be? So I'm like, tell me about it. Well, you'd have to be in uh, Louisiana three to four days a week. So I'd be flying again, gone all the time. I was like, I just can't do it. I can't do it. But you know, that, that temptation to hold on to what's familiar, what you're passionate about, what will make you money. When God is saying, let go so I can move you to where you need to be in order to step into the process of the next 20 years, 30 years. But it's, it's a hard thing, guys. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a hard thing. And we know that. But God is manifesting himself to you individually and corporately so that we can see the signs, the move of God, and we can bring it out into the influence that we have. Amen. And part of this, and, and this is one other thing I'm just going to share. Um, and I shared it Friday night, but I just want to say this is kind of the PS on it. Um, one of the things he is doing is the more we press into worship and, and really put our gaze totally on him, the easier it is for us to allow the movement to happen. And it really does take a level of abandonment where, you know, if, if we don't know the song or it's, you know, not our thing or we feel like whatever, you know, why isn't the pastor saying something? Sometimes we just have to shake that stuff off and say, God, my gaze is on you. And in the Passion Translation that Isaiah 6, 5 says, and I caught my gaze on the Lord. That's where I was. And we get that gaze on the Lord. What happens is time begins to fade away. All of the other stuff that we do begins to fade away. If we can keep saying, you know, Lord, I might not be feeling it, but I'm just going to keep my gaze on you. I'm going to declare that you are God. I'm going to declare that you reign over everything. I'm going to declare, I'm going to, I'm going to let my mouth override my mind by the declaration of the Lord. And last week, and like I said, I shared this Friday night, but I'm going to share it again. It, when I was, you know, having my time with the Lord, he showed up and it was Jesus and he was dressed. I could only see him from the waist up, but he was dressed in a white robe. It had like a bronzy trim around it and a gold chain. And he just had his hands open, his head up and his eyes closed. And he said to me, worship is who we are. It is a state of gratefulness and awe. Worship opens up things to you. It brings us to a state of oneness with me, with him. He, he was talking to me, but I said to us. Uh, with heaven and with all things of the Father. Worship takes on many forms, song, adulation, praise, and actions. It is your heart toward all you do, toward the people you encounter. 
It carries the breaker anointing. Worship carries the breaker anointing. It is a form of expressing love to us. It clears your heart of obstacles. Worship changes your vision, giving you eyes to see. It clears your mind. It brings your focus back to me. When your focus is right, there will be solutions you never thought of. And I saw a clear tube from heaven to earth. It's like the ones the bank uses. And it, and it says, um, and he said that when you worship me, it is like a protected channel from heaven to earth. So there's something about worship that even if we don't feel like we're good at it or, you know, it has to be a certain way. If we can just start declaring the goodness and the, the wonder and the, the, the names of God, it is the breaker anointing for us. And it really provokes the manifestation of him. He can't help but crash in on us. When our words, our worship and our words and our affection and our gaze are solely focused on him. Amen. 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 Uh, so let's stand up. I'm going to pray for us. Remember, the manifestations of God are for you. Whenever he manifests, it's for you. So, Father, we just thank you that worship You've created us for worship. We are made to worship you. In every thought, in every action, in our words, in our song, just in the declaration of your name is an act of worship, Lord. And as we go through all of the transitions that you're doing in our lives, whether it's new assignments, new territories, whether it's leaving the past behind and moving into something new, all of these different things, Lord, we trust you to take us through it. And we thank you, Lord, that your move right now is manifesting before your people to help transform us and launch us into the kingdom uh, building that's going on right now, Lord. So, Father, we're just asking for more. We're asking for our senses to be completely open, our smell, our taste, our, our feelings, the ability to see and hear. We're asking that uh, our minds, like your word says, that we've been given the mind of Christ. We ask you that our minds align with heaven, with all of your thoughts, Lord. And we're asking you to stretch out spaces in our time where we can just worship and adore you. And give you room to crash in and surprise us and take us places that we've never been before. Open up our willingness to have heavenly visits, to have angelic visits. Open up our willingness to be able to release fire and healing and anything else you want to. Joy, Lord, joy over people. God, give us such great uh, sensitivity to your move that everything we see and everything we do will be filtered through your eyes first to us so that we see as you see, Lord. And God, we just thank you for all that you do and all that you're going to do and uh, for the healing that you've done and for the healing you're going to do in each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.